Hello and welcome to another episode of Speaking Broadly. I'm your host Tom Screech and today we will be looking at finding the right people. Joining me today is James Welch Thornton. Hello. And Joe Smart. Good afternoon. Brilliant. Now to open the conversation up, why is it so important to find the right people when we're on the phone? Well, primarily, we need to find the people that are responsible for making whatever decision it is we're trying to influence. Um, So we could potentially dedicate a lot of time and resource into uh, identifying buyers, maybe for them to be not so heavily involved in the final decision-making process. And uh, what we kind of aim to do here is identify the people that are most influential or most heavily involved in uh, the decision-making program in order to influence people as high up the chain, if you like, as possible. Okay. So, James, you work primarily on data Mm. here. So I presume you have a lot to do with the research side of finding the right people to speak to. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So really, whenever you're trying to reach some prospects, you need to know who it is that, that you want to be talking to. And so essentially that becomes... I guess a good starting place for people to begin their activity is, okay, which company am I targeting and who within that company do I want to get through to? Who is likely to be able to help my cause? So really you want to not necessarily just focus on the person who's going to have the responsibility of making that end decision and actually um, recent research is showing that there are a number of people I think up to 5.4 people involved in any buying decision so it becomes really imperative to identify a number of different people who can help you throughout that process, not just in terms of the ones who are going to be making the end decision, but also in terms of finding people who can uh, influence that decision and people who can educate you about that process um, on an ongoing basis, people who you can touch base with uh, to find out how things are going and, and sort of use them as a, as a coach internally within that organisation to help move things forward. So what type of people are we looking for when you do your research? Is it just anyone and everyone in the, in, in the business? I know you said key decision makers, so elaborate kind of more on that. Who are the key decision makers? So it depends on, on what type of product or service you're trying to, to have a discussion about. Uh, you need to try and identify whether, just as a general idea, that particular product or, or service is generally a decision made within a team or whether one individual will have that underlying decision and you need to think about the industry that that you're going to be in so um, if you're selling a a particular system um, a, a piece of sales software there's going to be people who need to have the financial decision based on that, um, the implications that's going to have internally on increase in productivity um, and, and subsequently profitability. You're going to need the sort of IT team, the people who are going to have the technical decisions to make and, and the actual implementation process that's going to be in their hands. So they're going to be looking for different things. They're going to be looking for ease of implementation and ease of ongoing use, um, whereas perhaps the final people might be looking at at what that does to the bottom line so you want to find the the key people within that organization who are going to have final say within each of those decisions but also the team that is going to help them to to come to that decision okay so joe when when you're putting what james has said into practice what tools do you use what uh, websites what 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 software have, have have we got that you use to find the right people 
So in terms of identifying the right buyers before we pick up the phone, um, we look at what resources are available publicly for um, the, the company itself. So if, if they've got things like executives or boards of directors that we may potentially need to reach listed on the websites, that can be quite a quick and efficient way of finding the right people. More so than that, we use um, LinkedIn Sales Navigator quite heavily. And what Sales Navigator allows us to do is essentially uh, build a grid of buyers at any one organization and any updates that come through via LinkedIn for the organization we're informed of. So before we pick up the phone, that enables us to potentially understand their situation prior to any conversation, which provided we do reach a decision maker, makes us look more credible and more viable as business development managers. It shows that we've done our research and we have utilised the tools available to give ourselves as much of an advantage as possible before actually having a conversation. Okay, so finding the right people, you, you mentioned there you want to go to the board of directors. Is is it best to go straight for the board of directors, the you know, CEO, CFO levels, or, or are we looking at more you know, facilities managers or, or procurement directors? Okay, so, so the board of directors was, was just an example. I think in terms of who to speak to, like James was saying, it depends on the product or the service that you're trying to pitch. I think what's crucial is understanding the different drivers uh, for your different buyer decisions. So the way that that works is we have four different types of buyers um, that we've classified using what we call Philip Kotler's um, decision-making unit. Now, James mentioned that there's 5.4 people involved in any decision-making process. Now, those people will be from different departments and they will have different roles within the context of the business. And as a result, we'll have a lot of different drivers for what will make their life easier, essentially. So if you can understand that potentially from even from the personal assistant to the main to, to the main decision makers uh, maybe people in their department occasionally they will give you tidbits of information that similarly to LinkedIn you can use to your advantage prior to any conversation so to answer the question not necessarily just the right people but you can find people that will willingly share with you information that helps your cause okay um, what other tools do we have available to us James or Joe that that we can use to make sure that we are speaking to the right person aside from just a job title like Colour Insights for example yeah so that's a really good example that's something that we use internally um, but I know it, it's been um, it's got various iterations that, that other organisations may have rolled out but it's essentially looking at uh, personality types and understanding um, breaking that down into into four different categories of of people based on their um, sort of most receptive uh, attributes. So we have uh, what we call blues. Um, So they are thinkers. They are people who like to analyze situations, um, focus on all of the details and really understand something um, before they, they make any key decisions that's where their main focus is so i identify myself as a blue person i focus on detail and that's probably why my role involves a lot of data and research um it's sort of a natural hand in hand um role i find it easier to do things related to information and focusing on analysis so that's where my strengths lie 
Um, but that could be a bit different to Joe's experiences. Joe? Yeah, so my colour falls under the um, spectrum of a yellow. Um, and the general sort of idea behind that is that it's approachable, affable, um, a little bit more on the friendlier side. Um, so what we do is we take this information uh, and when we're speaking to clients, uh, to prospects, sorry, we can quickly understand where that decision maker falls on the scale and not necessarily adapt our own approach, but we give them the information the way that they like to receive it. So if somebody is a blue and are interested more in numbers and statistics, we can send them reports with the relevant numbers and statistics. Um, If somebody is a yellow and quite friendly, then we can give them what they need to know over the phone, um, not informally, but in more of a friendly manner. so it's very much a case of once you find the right buyer and having a conversation, categorizing them as per the insights model and adapting how you present the information to how they best prefer to receive it. It's not about categorizing people into these sort of um, different colors and saying, right, you're a red, so this, you're a blue, so that. It's really about thinking, okay, in my case, I'm a blue. Joe is a yellow. I know Joe likes to talk things over a bit more than perhaps I would. And I know he's probably not interested in all of the detail in as much depth as I would be. So I need to adjust how I would speak to Joe so that it is easier for him to understand what I'm talking about. And subsequently, he would need to reciprocate that so that we can both kind of find a middle ground where we're both getting everything that we each require out of the conversation. So it's not about just saying... you're a red, you're a yellow, you're a blue, you're a green. It's about saying, okay, I think this person fits some of the traits within this category, so I'm going to adapt my style. And then, obviously, once you're engaged in a relationship with them, you can better understand them and and better articulate um, their requirements. Okay, so you've covered quite a lot there. Um, And I think one thing, Joe, you mentioned was the buyer's grid. Mm-hmm. Um, James, you also said there was 5.4 buyers involved in every in every sale at the moment. Joe, could you elaborate more on the buyers grid? Sort of who who is on the buyers grid and, and who would you fit who would you fit in there? Okay, so by and large, we have a broad uh, categorization for uh, different drivers buyers. Uh, now that's to say, different buyers driving decisions. We have um, the economic buyer. Uh, who is going to be your standard uh, CFO um, who looks at the bottom line and wants to know how your product or service is going to affect the finances. We have the uh, technical buyer. Now, this might be somebody in the organization who is a little bit more versed in whatever it is your service or product is set in. So they would need to understand the um, technical specifications of your product so they can kind of figure out from there how that would fit into their own process or or system Um, we have the user buyer now these can generally be quite interesting conversations because these are the ones that would be the ones using your product or service day in day out so they would need to know things like the functionality of it um, things like the the user experience potentially if it's software based maybe Um, and then finally we have the coach now the coach isn't necessarily 
a buyer. It can be a buyer, but it may not be a buyer. But the coach is essentially your point of contact at that company who you have a rapport with, maybe you have built up a little bit of a relationship with over a certain period of time, um, who will be happy to feed you through information and will take the call or pass you through to the right people as, as and when you require. So a coach, whilst potentially maybe not being a buyer, is just as valuable, if not more, than the other buyers involved in the process. So once we've we've found the right people, we've identified where they sit on the buyer's grid, we've found their colour, how do we make sure we are getting our message across correctly? So uh, if we um, build on, on what Joe and myself have been talking about by using LinkedIn, that's um, probably a really good example. So once you've used the platform to identify who you think is going to be a relevant prospect what we do is we uh, save these um, prospects to the account so that we've got a list of people who we're looking to target and then what we can do with that list is really dig down deeper into uh, their particular preferences and look into their profiles so that we can understand the the angle that they're going to be coming from uh, when we're engaging with them what it is that resonates with them so it's it's really sort of a common sense based approach I guess to analysing that particular person's profile seeing what they have been um, publishing, what they've been viewing, what they've been liking, what it is that makes most sense to them when making particular decisions that might relate to our product or the service that we're going to offer them and what we can do then is kind of tailor a way to approach them so if we focus on our own LinkedIn profiles and making sure that if we view theirs it it can pop up um, on their page saying so and so has viewed your profile so they're going to likely click on that to have a look at who's been looking at their particular profile so it makes sense for us to make sure that we have the information that we want to reflect that best um, gives them the impression that, that we want to portray so we generally look at our own profiles to ensure we've got that information in there Um, if further down the line you're connecting with these people you're joining discussion groups that that maybe they might be in it's a really good way to sort of impart some social selling techniques and push out content uh, that's going to resonate with these people so putting a particular piece out that say you've identified a particular group of buyers within a number of prospect organisations you can put out a piece of content that specifically targets them and is most likely to to pique their interest so you know as you try and get get hold of them through whatever other means you're using it's not so much a a cold approach if they've seen some of the things that that you've posted if that seems to be resonating with them they may even get in touch with us before we've got through to them so it's just another dimension of getting that message out getting out the message that is going to be best received by our prospects in a way that they can easily digest that and and are most receptive to actually view and understand would would that go along the line of further marketing as well whatever methods you want to use or you have a capability to use to influence these people you should be with every piece of activity thinking about okay what what message do they want to hear um what's going to resonate with them how are they going to best receive it so what medium should we be using 
to to do that if you're trying to contact someone who you know might not be particularly savvy with email technology they're probably going to be less receptive to an email um whereas you know i don't want to generalize but sort of millennials and and people nowadays are are very technologically savvy um and similarly just a standard email might not pique their interest it might need to go above and beyond uh, take them through to a particular web page or somewhere where they can interact and fully engage so it really is a process of whatever method you're using whatever medium you're using um you need to make sure that you're getting the message that you want across um, and, and that it's you've thought about your prospect before you do that yeah absolutely i mean i would touch on what you mentioned about providing links in that so if potentially you you need to make it as sort of painless as possible for that prospect to get from your let's use an email as an example to get from your email to your website you need to try and make it as painless as possible for them that is so include all the relevant material in terms of links in terms of um e-shop content in terms of online marketing anything you can do to make their journey to to your collateral if you like easy and painless then even if maybe they're not receptive to emails but upon browsing it they see a link there and they maybe see the the subject of email and will click on that and then engage with your website i think there's a point to be made around making it as easy as possible for them to access your information and is that like james just said that goes hand in hand with who you're actually speaking to yeah 100 percent. i mean you could tailor potentially even something as simple as different pages of the website pertaining to whatever the prospect is interested in or maybe has a background in um so it's very much a, a case of taking it case by case and anything blanketed is something that we try and sort of steer away from because making things as personalized as possible when you're communicating with prospects will make them feel a little bit more valued you know if if they can see that you've taken the time out of your day to uh, to craft something that's personal to them they're more likely to interact with it and we're more likely to get the results that we're after so and i think that's a really important point just to make is that any medium that you're using to to try and make connections with prospects be it e-marketing be it linkedin content pushes the website it's all great for opening the door um but essentially the the key sales efforts and the ones that will be successful are the ones that are enable you to build an actual relationship with that person so all this is is brilliant stuff for peaking an interest and and raising the profile but when it comes to actually getting down to it and and generating uh, really good new business opportunities that's it comes down to the relationship building that you can do off the back of that uh, well, thank you very much, guys, for your time today. Uh, we've discussed a, a lot of good things. And uh, speak to you next episode. Well, thanks for listening. If you want to take a further look at how we tackle total sales, then just head over to our website. It's broadly-speaking.com. We're also on Twitter, at Broadly. Just search Broadly Speaking on Facebook and LinkedIn to find us there as well. Our podcasts can be found on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, to be honest, wherever you really get your podcasts. And you can also download our podcasts early and listen to them offline. Just visit our website. 